Welcome to the Elite Formula Physio and Training Podcast with me, Bradley Skeynes. And me, Matthew Murray-Downing. This podcast is all things Formula One and sports performance, fitness, health, and injury. We will be discussing the physical and mental components of Formula One, the drivers, and every circuit race by race as the season goes on, broken up with insight and knowledge in how to train, recover, and rehab like an elite level athlete. And we'll even bring along some special guests for the ride. For more information, you can find us at Elite Formula PT on socials. Hello and welcome back to the Elite Formula Physio and Training Podcast. And we're back after a couple of weeks off because we've had some hectic uh, travel schedules here, there and, and everywhere. But some good races to enjoy as more records have fallen. Matt, how have you seen the last couple of weeks? Yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah, it's a nice little run for Max, breaking a few more records, which is always good to see. He's uh, he's just been looking strong and consistent, hasn't he? Which is, which is always good to see. But um, yeah, across the field, it's been quite a mix for I think, a few of the other teams. We saw some strong performances from Mercedes the last couple of races, but it all seemed to fall apart at the last one. So yeah, it's it's been a real mix. Yeah, no, there's, there's definitely been a good mix. You know, McLaren looking strong again at, at most circuits now, which is which is uh, interesting and will certainly be interesting developments for, for next year. But um, but yeah, it's been nice working environment at the minute. We've knuckled back down, we've refocused and, you know, we've said, you know, every race is there for the taking. Let's win as many as we can. And, you know, we've approached every race in the same way as... Uh, we would do a, a championship shoot-off. So there's no let-off from the team. It's brilliant. And I think there, there could be records set that, that might never be broken. So that's also very, very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, in the last race especially, I mean, what a, what a race it was. I think it was interesting. I was chatting to a few friends in the, the kind of motorsport world and I think a few people predicted it might have been, you know, pretty straightforward race and not too much to talk about. And we weren't really sure about overtaking zones and things like that. But it was incredible. So many overtakes. It was unbelievable. The race from beginning to end was full of overtakes. It was it was great. Yeah, a lot of people have said it, how the you know the last couple of races have been super exciting for for that. So yeah, it's great. The field's closing up. Whether that's because some teams have stopped developing, other teams are developing more, or or whatever. But it it, it can only be good news for for next year at the at at the moment, albeit. Albeit I uh, I don't mind a boring uh, boring race um, when when you're leading from the front, so <laughs> we, we we'll always take that. Um, so we didn't recap after after Mexico. What did you make of that race? Yeah, as I say, interesting race. I think it's it's such a technical circuit. I think it really kind of showed its head in terms of as I say to look at the circuit. It's a fairly short circuit, but an awful awful lot of corners in the sense of actually a lot of slow to medium speed corners. So you end up seeing a lot of opportunity for overtake with a couple of big straights thrown in there as well. So it made some really exciting exciting racing. Quali was interesting as well. And as you say, I think now that gap's closing kind of in the, the pack behind Max, so to speak. It was it was really action packed. So they offered it offered an awful lot of driver skill, which was shown off, which was great. So no, it was a brilliant race all round. Yeah, no, it was uh, interesting for for the viewers. And then so we we hop skipped and jumped from Mexico over to Brazil. A few of us got a couple of days back in the UK so jet lag planning was was important there the rest of the team mainly went over from Mexico to Brazil what did you make of the Brazilian race apart from all the rain yeah again, good... <laughs> yeah 
couldn't believe it. Yeah, again, as you say, I mean, it was it was interesting. I mentioned that, like, you know, you had relatively good weather, and then next thing you know, I kind of glimpsed over at the TV screen and just saw lashings and lashings of rain. I couldn't believe how much fell within a short period of time. It was tropical, but it, for me, it's always rained in Brazil. Every time I've been in Brazil, it's, it's always rained at some point, and then it kind of just goes away, and you get the uh, the sunshine back again. Um, it's, it is that very kind of tropical uh, condition. So yeah, and anything could go. No, absolutely. But yeah, again, it was another really, really good race. It was an um, interesting switch around. Obviously, great drive again from Norris. Alonso was in the mix as well, which is they seem to be Aston Martin were kind of back in the mix. So that was kind of good to see. But again, another race that was filled with overtakes. It was, again, action-packed from the word go. So it was great to see, really, because I think you're right. I think a lot of the criticisms recently have been it's been a bit kind of stagnant through the weekend. But I think the overtakes were brilliant. It was, again, another race from turn one. It was... Um, you know, super exciting. Right the way through to the last few laps, we were seeing overtakes. So it was brilliant. And what a, what a finish. Perez, the Perez yeah. Alonso at the end, it was, yeah, incredible. Yeah, it was very exciting, very exciting for the for the viewers. And uh, again, it's another interesting track. And obviously we didn't do the, the track specification, so maybe we can go into that for people now. But it's another track at altitude, although be it not as high as Mexico. So it shouldn't have too much bearing on performance of the individual, albeit it, it can do. But it, I think it, it can also have quite a lot of um, effects on the performance of the car as well. So Sao Paulo is at 700 metres above above sea level, and, and I think that can have an impact too. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, I think it is quite an interesting track layout as well that's always worth noting. I mean, if you've got the track in front of me here, and it's always so interesting to look at, I think, if you kind of really, I almost break the track into kind of what where split into three your three sectors you've kind of got sector one and sector three which are really quite quick sectors you know we've got two massive straights with some kind of long corners high g-forces but quite long sustained g-forces whereas when we look in that kind of sector two we've got that much more kind of technical element where we kind of come through turn seven eight nine ten which are just you know a lot of really sharp and quick left right corners um, again with some opportunities for overtakes which we saw you know it was really great to see so kind of offered great variation and as I say it was quite challenging from an engineering perspective to make sure you've got a car that kind of you know which sector did you want to kind of set the car up optimally for so mm. it made for a really challenging challenging circuit for setup yeah yeah for sure and actually it seemed to be quite challenging for the drivers as well it's it's an old circuit and it's uh it's quite bumpy there's lots of elevation changes so the the kind of the physical nature of it's there as well. You know, the, the neck muscles are having to work. You've got, as you said, high G forces are around four or five Gs. It's a short lap. It's only 4.3 kilometers. So they're coming around to that um, high G force 71 times. And yeah, just hilly. Uh, it's got old school banked cambers. So yep. there's some production of some of that axle compression down through the, um, uh, through the neck as well. So, you know, that kind of whole upper body, neck, muscles are, are really working quite hard through um, uh, through this course, through this circuit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's often a bit that people don't see, but it's interesting. I, I, on my notes here, you know, it's really quite visible, particularly, say, the kind of the, the, the bumps and uneven road surface and so many of the braking zones, you could see the cars were rattling around. And as you say, you know, it's, it's over a long weekend, that does take its toll. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And it's interesting because it's, it's mainly an anti-clockwise track as well. So I remember when I first started in F1, it was quite a feared circuit for, for drivers. One, because it's it's already got the physical components, high G-forces around the corners, you know, 71 times. 
it's bumpy so you're feeling the lower back you're feeling the neck it's got the canvas so you've got the axle compression but it's also anti-clockwise so they're working the opposite side of the neck to what most drivers are used to because they grow up on these european circuits where they're constantly exposed to to clockwise circuits so they build up that that chronic load within their within their neck musculature um but one really notable factor for me this year was actually not many drivers spoke about that or or thought about that and it just shows how much how many more anti-clockwise circuits are now within formula one or how many uh, how many tracks have quite even amount of right hand left hand uh, corners so that was super interesting Mm. And you're right. And I do wonder whether that, especially the introduction of these newer tracks, as you say, an F1 going to new locations and more modern circuits, you know, we're about to talk about Vegas, you know, another new anti-clockwise circuit. So as you say, I think you're right. I think we're seeing the emergence of these newer tracks where perhaps they're trying to have a better mix of more classic corners, but also you're right, the emergence of more anti-clockwise circuits. Yeah, the new circuits really seem to kind of um, try and fit as many different technical parts of some of the best tracks in, don't they? So they end up with quite an even split of right corners, left-hand corners, sparse bits, and, you know, so on and so forth. So, But yeah, no, we are off to Vegas. It's going to be a very different experience for many in the, in the F1 paddock. We raced on a Saturday for the first time, one of the first times. We have a crazy schedule. The race will be at 10 p.m. local time. Qualifying on the Friday night will be at midnight local time. Most of the paddock or most of the staff in the paddock won't leave track until about 3 a.m. in the morning. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a real so real personnel challenge for, uh, within the F1 paddock. Definitely going to be a logistical challenge. Uh, one of my tasks this afternoon is to to write the or finish writing the jet lag plan. That's been chaos. <laughs> it's it's you know you're traveling west, but you're on European time almost uh, in terms of like the morning morning times, and it's actually looking like it might be better to to prepare a jet lag plan for traveling east for the timings of the of the sessions and essentially what our work times are going to be you know we're going to be getting up at 1 1 2 p.m and then uh and then going off to work i think one of the key things with that is and we'll, we'll get to the track specifications in a minute but one of the key things is going to be making sure people get actually some sunlight before it goes sort of sunsets around i think about 5 uh 5 p.m or something so yeah making sure people get out and, and get a bit of sunlight before they uh before they go to work uh otherwise they're just going to be seeing uh seeing the dark yeah, so I guess for people that don't know, Brad, about like jet lag planning, I guess, so I guess there's a couple of questions here. One is, I guess, you're not going to be running off of a Vegas time zone, you, yeah. Max, etc., or the rest of the team. You'll, you'll be running off a, a different time zone. And as you say, that poses a few logistical nightmares, whether that's even things people don't think about, like getting food and, and facilities and things like that. Um, but I guess also in terms of your right, that light exposure, how do you guys do it? Do you use, do you use artificial light iPads? What do you kind of, what do you go for? Yeah. I mean, you know, hopefully we're going to have that kind of two hour window where we can get some actual, actual sunlight, but yeah, as, as the day goes on and we need to extend into, into that, you know, artificial lights, the garage lights are very good in that sense as well. In the fact it's set up with that in mind, i.e. we have those strong artificial lights everything set up in the same way in terms of color of the floor color of the walls so that that kind of feeling of jet lag hopefully doesn't feel 
as as prevalent there but yeah no it's definitely going to be an interesting uh challenge for people yeah and i always think like only in the usa could you throw a a, a formula one race in the middle of the night and get away with it you know, it's, it's <laughs> well it's incredible only in vegas really <laughs> yeah vegas, vegas never sleeps so. true, yeah. <laughs> vegas never sleeps i think uh i'd rather be on the uh, on the casino tables than uh than packing up at 3 a.m in the in the morning but yeah i, I think you know it, it it's gonna be it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, it'll be a lot of fun, and I'm sure I'm sure the spectacle will be amazing for people watching at, at home or, or fans attending there as well. You know, they're they're going to put on a real show. But what? So, what do we have to expect for the drivers on track then? So, what's uh, what what are we getting from there? Yeah, so look, it's a super interesting track, and I've done some digging, as I say, onto kind of because it's the first time we'd have all seen despite despite the big so track. Be super interesting. That's it. Exactly that. <laughs> so it's, um, as you say, it's a it's an anti-clockwise circuit. Um, it, so that's again something we're we're seeing more of, as we just said. Um, so Vegas is a circuit. So first, it's a six point two kilometer track. So it's the third longest track on the calendar, um, behind Spa and Saudi Jeddah. So it's a super super long circuit. Um, originally, it had been poised as a fourteen turn track, but they'd added a, a chicane in there, so it's now a seventeen corner track. Um, it's a real high speed kind of low down for circuit. Um, so there are some, some massive straights, which I'll come on to in a second. Um, something to consider is it's going to be another night circuit. And my goodness is Las Vegas going to put some lights on. So that's definitely going to be something <laughs> for the drivers to consider is going to be again, the, the kind of lights. So I think that combined with potentially for some of the drivers struggling with the time difference and the, the perhaps we've got a shifted race in the time zone that we're in, is going to be interesting. Nice. Um, I hear there might. A, I hear oh, there might sorry. be a lot of. Um, I hear there might be a lot of fluorescent uh, paint about on cars and helmets and all this sort of stuff as well. So it'd be really interesting to see how that has an impact too. Absolutely, it's all these things we do. You know, I was thinking was that amount of load that we're taking visually. You know, it, it's 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 quite overwhelming. So I think yeah, combine that with a few other factors. You're right, bright helmets, liveries, etc. It's going to be quite a lot for the drivers to take in. So visor choice is definitely going to be something we're going to have to consider. Um, in terms of the circuit itself, really interesting. So let me just pull up my track map here as well, because it's good to go to. And I've written a few notes down on kind of the circuit that we're going to see from this year. So as I say, so as we come into kind of turn one, off of the main straight so the main straight actually is 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 long it's an 800 meter kind of straight as you come over the start finish line we then kind of come into kind of t1 t2 which is a, a tight hairpin so you've got a, a big big braking zone there moving into turn three and four we've got a fast right hand up as i say it'll be super super quick going to be some high g-force there um, i believe that's also where around where the sphere is brad the new sphere so it's going to be super super bright around there and definitely a sh- distraction Oh, mate, it looks incredible. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be, uh, and apparently it's all going to be lit up. So I think it's going to be quite quite a spectacle. Yeah, another stimulus, though, to, to, to think about. Yeah, absolutely. And then, as I say, then we move into sort of T6. So as you come around T6, um, we've got the slow kind of 90-degree right-hander before moving into, again, another kind of long left. And then as we move into 8-9, we've kind of got similar to last week at, in uh, Brazil. We've got that kind of left-right twisty section. Um, before then moving into 10-11, which is, again, a really, really fast right-left, so almost barely a corner. We're just going to be kind of flowing with it before they have that hard braking zone at turn 12. So, again, expect some big overtakes there. 
moving beyond that, we then go on to T13, which is actually kind of moving on to the kind of the longest straight on the circuit, which is 1.9 kilometers, which is huge. So it's going to be absolutely flat out here. The guys will be bouncing off the limiter. Does that make that the longest straight? Is that um, Mexico? Or? I think it does. Interestingly, because actually there was talk here, of, I was reading earlier just about how we've actually, even in that, we've got that sort of one kilometer main straight, which is up there as one yeah. of the longest. Yeah, so yeah. the fact that we've then got a 1.9 kilometer, I want to say it's right up there as the longest. I'll fact check that. But yeah, we're expecting kind of speeds around the kind of you know, 340 odd kilometers an hour. You know, these cars are going to be absolutely top end at this point. So it's going to be really interesting. Um, there was a lot of talk about the tarmac service here and, and the problems around that long straight as well. But my understanding is they've completely resurfaced it. So that'd be interesting okay. to see whether that's lined out any of those concerns or issues so uh, could, once we start getting the cars around there. It could be slippery rather than bumpy then. <laughs> not a lot of grip. Absolutely. So it's going to be super interesting. And then as I say, after that kind of big straight, we've got really, really tight, slow section, 14, 15, 16, super technical again before we kind of move on to that main straight. So I think kind of similar to other street circuits we've seen in the past, you're going to see a couple of really big, long straights that make out the circuit, followed by a couple of real technical sections on each of the corners um, to allow for a few kind of big overtakes. So it's definitely going to be interesting. But I think the biggest thing for me that, that I mentioned earlier was that you know, when we look at some of the sim data that I've seen is that there's not a lot of room for error. Again, there's walls everywhere. There's not a lot of runoff zones. So I think expect red flags at any mistakes from any drivers in any of the sessions. I think it's going to be red flags. So I think that's definitely something we're going to have to expect. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, going to be one of those fun fun races. Hope, hopefully not like the first Saudi where we had like three or four red flags in quick succession. But that that jeopardy of uh, of the close walls does um, and, and the high speeds, you know. Uh, I'm right in thinking we're thinking sort of quite low downforce cars similar to to Monza sort of speeds so yeah add some walls into that and it's going to be uh it could be a bit dangerous absolutely yeah I think you're going to see I think the the, the biggest thing for me from looking at the the, the sims of, of this circuit's been that yeah one we've got they say these high speeds with DRS zones we've got two big DRS zones got big braking areas and then as you say you've not got a lot of runoff on the corners so if we miss any of those braking points or someone's a little bit brave or a bit late on those brakes you know there's not a lot of room for error and as you say that's going to bring a close to the session and um yeah it's going to make things very very interesting but i think the biggest thing for us as you say is also going to be for, for you know is the drivers it's, it's a new circuit for everyone you know and we've although we've got data and we've got a little bit of sim data you know, it's not as accurate as other circuits. We've done those other circuits year on, year out. We've got tons of data and that's both for the drivers and for the engineers in terms of coming up with strategy and things like that. So it's going to be a real blank canvas for everyone. So you can expect anything. Yeah, no, that's always exciting. I remember when, when we first went to Saudi, just to see the first few laps, everyone put in the FP1. It was, uh, yeah, really, really cool. So yeah, no, we're definitely looking forward to that. I- I'm looking forward to being in Las Vegas again. It's a place I do enjoy, I have enjoyed over the years. So yeah, it'd be nice to be there with, with F1. And again, hopefully we can get a, get a big result and keep this, uh, keep this uh win run uh win run going so brilliant i guess the the last thing to say is viva las vegas and uh we will um we'll try and catch up in between vegas and abu dhabi for for a recap and a and a preview of the final race if i if we can match our time zones up i'm sure we can but two more races left of the season and then we'll get into into the off season so um everyone that's listening will continue throughout the off season we'll shift it a little bit more to how to train for certain things. We'll talk about off-season 
winter training, pre-season preparation. But if anyone wants to hear stuff about, you know, injuries, pain, physiotherapy, feel free to drop myself, Matt, or the Elite Formula page um, a message and we will get it on the, on the pod. Anything to add to that, Matt? No, as you say, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting race. I think it's definitely one to watch. And as I say, it's that kind of last push for a lot of teams to kind of squeeze out as many points as we can before we head to Abu Dhabi for the final race. As I say, it's going to be super exciting. I know preparation over here is already beginning for some off-season work already and just getting everything lined up for our athletes. But um, yeah, and I'm, I'll be out in Abu Dhabi with you. So looking forward to it. A few end-of-season drink in Abu Dhabi would be perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. But no, thanks everyone for listening. And um, yeah, we'll catch up next week. Brilliant. Uh, as always, if you like the pod, please do subscribe, like, and enjoy Vegas. And we will see you next week. Thank you very much. You have been listening to the Elite Formula PT podcast with Bradley Skeynes and Matthew Murray Downing. You can follow us on socials at Elite Formula PT or sign up on the app at EliteFormulaPT.com. Please follow, subscribe, and if you enjoyed the podcast, why not leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Be sure to tune in for the next episode and thank you for listening.